Hello everyone and welcome to the final week of season three of Off The Block Swimming Podcast. This is episode number 45. Thank you all very, very much for downloading our show today, wherever you are in the world right now listening. I'm your host, Robbie Cox. Now what a massive week we have coming your way on the podcast and all to celebrate the final episodes of season three and also to help kick off the season two of the ISL over in Budapest this week where so many of our guests will be competing and it is very, very exciting to see some international competition starting again. I also want to take the opportunity to congratulate everyone involved in Swimming New Zealand for the success of their short course champs. Last week, so many of the podcast favourites were there and smashed it including Zach Reed, Erica Fairweather, Lewis Kleber, Sophie Pascoe, and even a few names that will be appearing here on the podcast in months to come, I'm sure, like Sam Brown. Good luck also to the Kiwis heading over to the ISL in Lewis Clairbert, Ali Gallia, and Helena Gasson, who are over there right now gearing up for the ISL kickoff. Good luck, guys. We know you will smash it. Now, I thought I would start off the week of megastars with Scottish athlete who is one of the best in the business right now. He's an Olympic medalist. He's a World Championship gold medalist and a Com Games gold medalist as well from 2018 on the Gold Coast. And he is also a part of our favorite ISL team here on the podcast, the London Roar. It is none other than Duncan Scott. I had a fantastic Zoom chat with Duncan a few weeks ago, and we talked about gearing up for the ISL. We also discussed his early days in the pool, his age group success, the lessons he's learned along the way, as well as his amazing career so far, including winning the 100 freestyle on the Gold Coast two years ago, the Olympic medals, of course, last year's world champs in Guangzhou, where he came away with a bronze medal in the 200 free. Should it be silver? I don't know. That's for you to decide. And a gold medal with his teammates in the 4 by 100 meter IM relay. We also dive into the ISL, as I said, and the London Raw. So let's not muck about. Let's get started. So grab some snacks. Grab a drink. Put your feet up and get ready to enjoy, guys, because at 45... My chat with Scottish swimming superstar, Mr. Duncan Scott, starts now. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Joining me today on the show is an Olympian who's represented Team GB with great success at Rio in 2016, world champs and European champs as well as his home country in Scotland at the Com Games, where in 2018, not only did he uh, take out the men's 100-meter freestyle, but he became the first Scottish athlete to win, I think it was six medals from one Games, which is a massive achievement. It's a huge welcome to Off the Block Swimming Podcast to Mr. Duncan Scott. Mate, how are you going? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Thanks for the introduction. Um, yeah, no, I'm going really well. 
Mate, it's my, only my pleasure. Um, you, you're the one out there doing all this stuff. It's just, it's the least I could do, mate, to, to sort of bring it to people's attention and what you've been able to achieve. Now, um, you mentioned just off before we started that you did a bit of training this morning in the gym. How'd you go? Yeah, just, I, I was obviously going through a, a weird period at the moment. Um, actually recently just been back in the gym. So I think that's me back about three weeks now. So yeah, not strange. Um, it is really, I mean, I'd obviously looking at me, I don't lift a lot at the best of times, so I mean, I'm lifting even smaller right now. Um, but yeah, no, it's good to be back in the gym. What does gym training look like for you at the moment? Is it just sort of, um, you know, high reps at low intensity? What, what are you doing in the gym at the moment? Yeah, yeah, a lot of that. So uh, building it up, really. I mean, we started off with sort of three, four reps of things because the last time I lifted was uh, March time. So yeah, it's obviously a long time. Um, so just sort of slowly trying to get the body back, used to it all. Um, a lot of doms doing minimal things. Um, so yeah, just slowly building the reps up uh, along with the weight, um, and yeah, trying to trying to increase both as as we go through. That's a fair bit of a break, mate, since you were last sort of in there hitting it. So I've got to ask, how the hell is the body holding up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, we we managed to do quite a lot during lockdown, obviously getting our hands on what we could and um, bands etc and um, able to do like uh, plenty of body weight stuff so i think in some areas you know i'm a lot better than, than i was when i left but <laughs> you know it, it is it has been a long time and i think some people have missed it a lot and you know it there, there are some exercises where i'm like wow you know i can <laughs> notice that it's been quite a few months since i've done that so yeah, yeah but it, it, as i say it's good to be back in there Mate, I've got to ask as well, obviously, you guys over there are going through different things, you know, with the pandemic than us over here in Australia. And even here, depending on what state you're living in, depends on and how you're traveling over here. So what's it been like for you guys over there? Have you had much access to the pool? Has it only just been recently? What's it been like? Yeah, and even even so within Scotland and England and Wales and Northern Ireland. So it's, it's sort of separated out here as well. Um, yeah, Scotland's been a bit, we're going, we're going back up, I think, today or tomorrow. You know, it could be released that, you know, it could be going into further restrictions. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've been back in the pool now for probably about eight weeks. Um, and gradually more people have been able to get back into the pool. Um, gym only three-ish weeks. Um, so yeah. gym not long at all. And swimming, it was like one a lane. Um, slowly progressed to sort of two lane, but starting at different ends. Um, so yeah, no, it, it, fortunately been back for a while, but I was still out the pool for upwards of fifteen weeks, which was which was a strange thing. What was that like mentally for you? Obviously, knowing that the Olympics got pushed back, so we know that. So that sort of put your mind at ease a little bit. But now you still know it's in twenty twenty one, so you, you know you've got to start gearing up for it and you know putting the foundations together. What's it been like for you mentally knowing that you've only been back for eight weeks? Have you been able to sort of get your head around that and refocus? Has your coach been helping you a lot with that as well? Yeah, I think, I think the weirdest thing was during lockdown was we weren't allowed to swim, but the British trials were still actually meant to be in April and we yeah. weren't allowed to train and Olympics were still going ahead. So that was probably the weirdest part. It was like, well, do I just rock up and hope for the best? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was strange. But yeah, I think since then it's been, for me, it, it, it's, it's not been a, it's, I've not found any drawback from it. You know, I can't, I can't sit here and think negatively about mm -hmm. it. You know, it's another year and for me, another year to mature and get better. So 
at the age of 23, you know, I, I think it's still, you know, still fine that it's, it's a year on. Um, you know, obviously that swings different ways for different people. Um, but yeah, for me, I think this year, obviously, we've been in back for about eight weeks. So in, in theory, really, that's the start of the season was eight weeks ago. So it's, yeah. I guess anything, we've got a longer block to, to the Olympic trials and Olympics, hopefully. Well, mate, loving the positivity. Now, obviously, the ISL is not far away from kicking off, mate, and you're a proud member of the London Raw, which we are here as well on Off the Block Swimming Podcast. Must be excited to to get back into some racing, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the recent news of Aussies not being able to get on our team is um, is pretty mm. tough for our – I mean, the, the ability of our team and the quality, you know, that takes a massive hit. You know, we had some – I mean, just listing the people off in our team, the Aussies were almost carried us in some events. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where we're at without them and, you know, be able to, to get in some, some good replacements. But, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting back out there and racing. That'll be really good fun. Last time I raced was, was March. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, it's going to be interesting as well. You know, everyone's had completely different preparations. Um, I've been back eight weeks, some people four, some, you know, haven't stopped swimming. So, yeah, no, I think that as well will be interesting to see where different people are at. Um, but, yeah, no, for, for me, it's just going to be good, good fun to get out there. Well, it's exciting for us too, mate, as, as sort of spectators and, and enthusiasts of the sport because there's, there's not been much going on. Um, <laughs> you know, watching highlights. I know the, the 20th anniversary of Sydney 2000 was only on um, last week. So that was sort of the way I got to sort of relive <laughs> sort of swimming highlights and competition. So it's, it's exciting to have something to look forward to from us. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's some good races from 2000 to, to watch back for sure. Oh, bloody earth there was, don't you worry. We had, um, I don't know if you caught it, but the 4 by 100 meter freestyle relay, um, the boys, Ian oh. Thorpe, Clem Feidler and Ash Callis were on the podcast on Friday. So that was a treat for me too. Yeah, that, yeah, that was a ridiculous race, the 4 by one from 2000. Absolutely. One of the best. Now, mate, let's get stuck into your swimming career. Uh, I think, obviously, and I always say this to for the swimmers out there listening to sort of understand the heights of where you're at at the moment. I think it's always, you know, important to go back to where you first started because much the same as where they are they are now. That's that's where you were as as a youngster as well. How did swimming start for you? Yeah, I think it probably it probably just started with my dad taking me and my sister down to a local pool every Sunday, just sort of learn teach us how to swim ourselves and, and getting used to being in the pool um, and it probably just that competitive thing with my sister being a couple of years older you know I've got to try and be better at her it's something um, <laughs> it took, took me for her to quit to actually get better than her at swimming <laughs> so um, yeah no just just going down to the local pool and, and my dad sort of just teaching us how to swim and then obviously, you know, as you mentioned there, you're very competitive. Is that what sort of drew you into getting involved in squads and, and wanting to compete? Yeah, I think so. I just really like that that head-to-head thing. Um, you know, obviously I really enjoyed the training and the social aspect, but it was the head-to-head racing, which I, which I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, from the tiny little mini leagues when you're about eight years old, you know, all the way up to, to 14, 15 when you're starting to to race at national level so um yeah no that, that's the thing that probably kept me going in the sport and made me really sort of thrive to 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 keep pushing did you play any other sports over there obviously growing up in scotland you got you know football you've got rugby was swimming always what it was for you 
Um, so I, I used to play a lot of tennis when I was younger. Um, so I actually don't know if I was maybe better at tennis at a younger age, but it was a sport that I didn't I didn't enjoy as much. Um, so and my parents weren't pushing anyway whatsoever. It was just whatever I wanted to do um, was what I was, I was going to end up doing. So and then on top of that, you know, I went to um, I went to a boarding school. So mm-hmm. you know, I was trying all sorts of sports and from rugby, cricket and so on. So, no, I've, I've got a real passion for sport and I've probably tried most sports there are. Um, but fortunately, not too talented at many of them, but I do love watching all sports. <laughs> How'd you go playing rugby? I mean, you, you've not got a lot of size about you, so were you all right <laughs> out there with some of the big boys? <laughs> Where do you think I played? Prop? No. Um, <laughs> I think I, I, I literally stopped playing when I was about, 13 but i used mm. to play outside center but obviously that was a, that was a long time ago now <laughs> <laughs> but any heroes or idols growing up <laughs> um i think as as a scotsman you know the there are there are obviously i think within the sport of swimming i've got idols but then with outside of that as well just general sportsmen that i've looked up to so mm-hmm. i think within the sport of swimming you know you like this you know thorpe my mm. my coach steve when he used to coach when i was at Alloa swimming club yep um so when i would have been about eight years old and then he left there and as a as a gift he gave me the ian thorpe book um so you know i was a, it was a pretty cool gift and i think that then you know it made me look up to to ian thorpe and then obviously mm-hmm. beyond that phelps was was someone you know i think my generation you can't really not look up to the dominance that he did but then i think Absolutely. outside of swimming being a scotsman chris hoy and andy murray Mm-hmm. being able to dominate at the at the world stage um so yeah I, I think those two as well with how long they're able to be at the top i mean andy murray's still up there yeah. or getting back up there so yeah i'd say that oh mate i saw you did pretty well for yourself as a, a young age group athlete coming through i think you cleaned up in 2013 if i've got my research right at, at the scottish nationals you won like eight gold medals or something i don't know if wikipedia's embellished that mate but that's where i got it from you know did, did you go through any struggles though as an age group athlete coming through um or you know were you just sort of pretty naturally gifted as a youngster and what were some of those keys for you you know coming through staying on top i think for, for me, as a youngster, I mean, you could probably look at me, and this isn't going to be a massive shock to you. I wasn't that developed as a young as a youngster, mm-hmm. um, so I think, when, especially when you're younger, it is just natural that the bigger the bigger kids and the swimmers do just just win. I mean, it's just the way it is. Um, and I think technically, I was probably quite a bit better, but just that sheer size and strength, I just I, I was just quite a bit smaller. Um, and I guess a bit immature in, in comparison to them. Um, so yeah, then I'd say maybe 15, 16, that's sort of where um, I started to get a little bit better um, started to move on quite a bit and quite a number of events as well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say it, it really bothered me. It was it, like, oh, constantly losing to particular people, but it was just, you know, I'm, I'm willing to, to get in there every time and compete just because that's what I love doing. Do you think that worked to your advantage being so competitive? And if you were sort of, especially at a, a younger age, say at 12, 13, undersized with those man children, we all know the ones they've got mustaches <laughs> and beards and they're 12 and you're thinking, really, let's have a look at this guy's um, birth certificate. Um, <laughs> do you think though, being so competitive that you were kind of like up for the challenge still though anyway, like you weren't sort of looking at it as a negative, you were looking at it as a positive, like, right, I'm going to challenge this guy. 
Yeah, definitely. And it was more like, oh, what if I can beat him? Sort yeah. of thing rather than, oh, he's <laughs> this man child that you can speak of. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it was that sort of the, the possibilities of, of maybe beating him um, rather than anything else. This mythical creature with a beard. Bigger than a 30-year-old man. Um, <laughs> mate, breakout moments. Did you have any in terms of, you know, just sort of having that realisation? Obviously, you are an Olympian now, but was there a moment in your swimming career as a youngster that you sort of, you know, the, the penny dropped where you went, Shit, I, I actually, you know, I'm, I know I wanted to be an Olympian, but it is a very real possibility now. Um, I'd probably say, come. Uh, you guys say com games, Commonwealth Games, and I know uh, you're going to say you're going to say commie games, aren't you? Com, com, com games, commie games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in uh, 2014, um, I'd probably say it was quite a breakthrough moment for myself. Um, up until then, it was just, it, it, it just I just did it for enjoyment and the simple competitive atmosphere that I enjoyed. Um, but you know, sort of scraping and slithering onto that team in 2014, and almost getting a wild card. Um, midway through the, the holding camp um, get onto this team and I think you know after that 4 by 2 final you know it was that sort of realisation of you know I, I love this atmosphere and I want to come back to this environment uh, another competition so yeah I think after that it was and I know where what I want to try and do well, mate, come on, talk to me about that games because that was a home games for you. I've had Hannah Miley on, I've had Dan Wallace on as well, and as you know, mate, and, and they rate this as one of the best experiences of their careers. You know, you were a fair bit younger than them, so though. So, you know, a what sort of you know lessons did you learn from those more experienced guys around you, um, and and how did you enjoy that games? Could we very starry eyed because I think you were seventeen at the time, were you? How old were you? Yes, it was so seventeen. Uh, so I was sixteen during the trials, and then seventeen uh, once I was called up to the team. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say like very sort of just like just staring at all. Like, I mean, the, the Aussie team that got sent, I'm just like staring at the athletes. I'm like, I, I just loved it. You know, getting yeah. to watch my favorite sport live every night is buzzing. Um, you know, from night one, Hannah winning, um, Ross winning, one two and in the two breasts, actually. And then we had three in the final of the four and the three. So, no, I think definitely it was just, I've never been at a competition where, you know, I was able to watch that much swimming and, and just, I just loved it, the environment and everything. So, mm. and able to watch the Scottish athletes compete against some of the best in the world and go, go toe-to-toe with them as well. So, yeah, I, I think from that, it sort of, it showed to me the, the possibilities, um, I think. Um, and I, no, I absolutely loved it. Um, obviously, the second week wasn't quite as enjoyable as I think some of the older ones, you know, being 17. But um, no, I absolutely loved it. So I'm there. just swam twice, but uh, yeah, I thought it was amazing. Well, mate, two years later, you qualify for your first ever Olympic Games for Rio. A massive moment for you as a young fella um, who's been on the road, you know, to that destination for quite some time. I mentioned before how sort of talented you were as a youngster coming through. But talk to me about making your first Olympic Games for Team GB at the trials. It must have been a pretty surreal moment for you. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I think that's probably one of the most nervous I've been in terms of from the heat to a final. Um, usually pretty laid back and chilled out, but I think it was the, the possibility of going to an Olympic Games, this this surreal thing. Um, so doing doing the heat and you know swimming really well in the heat and getting a lane next to to Benny Ben Proud, 
um, for the for the hundred free, and you know I looked at that and Steve, uh, my coach, and myself, you know we thought you know that get, winning that hundred free would be my best chance on getting that getting in that team, um, securing a spot there, and then later in the week try and get top four, top five in the two hundred freestyle and get on the four by two. So. Um, yeah, no, I was absolutely delighted. Dropped quite a bit of time, PB'd. Um, first, sort of, in, and then I'll, later on in Rio, get to do my first ever individual swim um, at a senior international as well. So, yeah, no, that, that, those trials were really good. But at the same time, I think the tuna freestyle, it was one where I came out and I was really disappointed. You know, I, I'd made so many errors. And I think that's potentially why in 2017 I had such a drop because... Obviously, I didn't get an individual shot in in 2016, um, and that, my relay was quite good that year. But individual, obviously, didn't get a chance. So, uh, yeah, I was I was happy, but I couldn't I couldn't really ask for much more going off the back of of what I'd done. You mentioned there the nerves from trials. What sort of what were the nerves based around, and how did you sort of look to overcome those? It was more sort of just like I wanted to do it rather than. It was, you know, there was so many hours in between the heat and the final, and I just wanted to get going and and, and go for it. Um, mm. You know, it was probably the highest my rate's ever been. It was just one of those where I'm I'm naturally quite a low rated swimmer, and yeah. before you know it, it's up at fifty five, and I'm not <laughs> got a clue what's going on. But uh, yeah, it was it was really good fun, and I think it was more the Ben Proud had been swimming so well, and it was almost like uh, a one on one sort of thing. But um, yeah, it was. I guess it was maybe the if I didn't qualify there, then it would put more on the two and three. But yeah, yeah, I, I think it was. I was more nervous for the times that I wanted to hit rather than the actual outcome. It was more the the expectation on myself, um, which in turn I think is is what I usually do, and and it is probably quite a positive thing. Well, mate, talk to me about the Rio Olympics for you, and you sort of touched on it just before, but the results, you know, you came fifth in the 100 final, um, two silvers with the boys in the relays. What was your first games experience like? Oh, loved it. I, I, there's a reason why it's the pinnacle of our sport, and you, it's, for me, it, nothing touches it. You know, I absolutely loved every second of it, from the holding camp with um from some other sports to getting into the village for the first time to the first day of competition. Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, I, I can't put much more on it. I think, you know, standing on the podium with the four by two, I think that was the first time I went up on the podium and it's more just standing up there with mates and it was just, mm. it was just good fun to be up there with, with some good friends and, and, get getting an olympic medal which is which is considered um you know the, the pinnacle of our sport mm. what lessons did you take away that you sort of you know are looking forward to putting into practice for tokyo next year the <laughs> heats are relentless because you know I, I had one heat swim so i just went all out and did a massive pb 0.6 or something in the, in the 103 so yeah you'll get all sorts in the heats of an olympic of an olympics mm-hmm. um so yeah but i, th- I think you know it's it's going to be it's going to be a long competition tokyo um up at nine ten days i think so that's going to be you know I, i've competed at back-to-back days and a lot of things you know um 2018 um Commonwealth Games and then Worlds as well. You know, it's a lot of days back to back, but I think that could potentially be a new challenge. Mm. 
Um, but probably being able to switch off and then come back on to the environment. You know, for me in 2016, I was basically all out in one day. I had the 100 free heat, the 4 by 2 heat, the 100 free semi, the 4 by 2 final. And then after that, I just raced twice more. So, yeah, it was... But I think the things that I learned was being able to, to come away from it and go back into the environment. Did you get a chance to enjoy yourself while you were there in Rio in terms of, by that I don't mean the Athletes Village, mate. I mean, uh, enjoy the moment. Did you feel like you sort of just touched on it there where, you know, it was like a race, 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 race. Did you get to soak it up and enjoy actually being at the Olympics and sort of appreciate what you were doing? Or was it more, you know, you've got this to do, you've got that to do, you've got that to do. And then by the time you finish, you're like, oh, shit, I just did all of those things. Um, pro- Probably a little bit of both, but I think in... I usually do the second and that's just the way that I do things. Um, Cause the, once I've the second, I finish one race at my, my head's on to the next one already. Um, mm. And I usually am thinking about what I can do rather than anything else on the next one. Um, and I try and evaluate the end of the week, like everything at the end of the week rather than after each race. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd probably say the second, but I, I don't know if that, if that's anything that I regret at all, um, because you know there is a four by one. It was the last day, last ever event, so it has to be the way that it is switched on until the till the last thing. Mm. Well, speaking of the athletes' village, mate, have you got any good stories from there? Did you, you know, get to rub shoulders with with some of your idols? I, I know, obviously, you know, Andy Murray was he there at the games? Did you see him? Did you see anyone else? Yeah, I saw I saw Murray. He popped into the village. I think he 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 won there, won twenty twelve, won twenty sixteen. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think my best memory, or one of the best memories, was getting tickets to go to the uh, the football final, which was Brazil against Germany, um, yep. and Neymar scoring the winning penalty, which was pretty cool. Um, of a hundred and ten thousand capacity stadium, which was more than that because the security <laughs> wasn't caring, and there was all sorts in there. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was that was pretty cool. That was good fun. I mean, in terms of you know competition and racing for all the youngsters listening out there, do you have any pre-race routines? Do you have any sort of things that you go through before? Uh, you know, if, uh, could be you know before your final, could just be at, at nationals. Does that change? By the way, is it different? Is it always the same routines, no matter if it's an Olympics or a, a nationals? Um, I try and keep it pretty similar throughout um, throughout most competitions. You know, if it's the music several hours beforehand, um, while I'm stretching just to chill out, and then or at the travel there, the same music or whatever on the travel there chilling out when I'm stretching and then you know the second I've warmed up come out and then it's a bit more sort of aggressive and and ready to go um attitude um walking about and and ready to go um so yeah no I, I do try and keep it pretty similar whether that's how long I'm stretching for or when I turn up to the pool if I'm if I'm wanting to try and go two hours um but more than anything it'll be I might be trying to practice something. So if I'm wanting to execute something at a target meet, let's say British trials or the ISL final or something like that, I'll try and work on that three, four, five weeks or or times beforehand, um, several competitions beforehand. So if that's a shake straight after a race or if it's a particular thing that I'm trying to do beforehand, um, then I try and practice that continuously so that it becomes a a natural thing to do when when I'm there. You mentioned the music there. What's it, what does your pre-race playlist look like? 
Uh, right now, non-existent. Needs to, needs one to be made because there's not, <laughs> there's not been a need for it. Um, pretty all over, pretty all over the place. To be honest, it's it's about what I'm feeling. Um, Saint Saint John, I kind of like him, but it just it depends what I'm. Sometimes it's just a beat. Sometimes it's a bit of anything. Mm-hmm. Sadly, if it's a relay, then Pete gets the music and he puts it on the the speaker, and that's usually some crap grime. Um, <laughs> so so uh, you just get a handful. Something loud, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Something to get you going. Uh, hey, what are some of your favourite sessions in training during the week? We are. That's a good question. I don't know. Um, a, a real mixture. I, I quite, I quite like. So every so often, we'll do a mo- Monday night. We'll do four twenty-five max just for speed, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. To be honest, it's not like we have a particular set that we do a lot that's that's really hard and we, we practice it all the time. Um, I feel like it mixes up quite a lot. Um, so in Sterling, we use the Yan model. I don't know if a couple of the Aussies use that as well, um, which is a slightly different method of training. But um, yeah, so it's mixed up quite a bit. I think partial for a long swim every so often, like a 5K straight. Um, yeah. But that can that can get your head going. So um, <laughs> only every so often. But yeah, I, I don't know. Just just not any kick. I'm not great at kick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not alone there, mate. I'll have half my squad say the exact same thing. So don't worry. There's a reason when we've got uh, kick on a Tuesday night that majority of the kids aren't there and they're you know mysteriously at home for some reason. Well, a lot of them ill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mate, now listen, I don't want you to give away too many trade secrets, but uh, what are some keys for you in, in putting together, you know, a great 100 freestyle, especially for those youngsters? I do have a lot of um, young swimmers that do listen to the podcast. So for those guys listening, what are some of the, you know, keys that you sort of look at in terms of putting together a good 100 free? Yeah, I think it can probably be a lot of things um, and it depends on how my preparation has been as well. Um, I mean, it can, it can completely different year on year. Um, sadly, it's, I think, I think that that can be changed. You know, my, my last couple of years or my last year or so, should I say, has, has been a bit more consistent in terms of my front end speed. Um, but previously to that from 2016, 17, 18, my front end speed would, come and then it would disappear for several months and then it'd be back again so mm. I think with that it would obviously have to be a massive focus on my back end and, and trying to utilize what I could do on the back half of the race um, but yeah I think for, for me it's about ho- holding and maintaining rates um, that's quite important um, and it's about being quite having quite a lot of intent through the front end, not necessarily being that fast, but having the intent to go out. Um, and for me, as, as weird as I sound, quite reaction, something I need to think about and, and be quite aware of and, and explosive power off the block. You know, once again, looking at me, I'm not the, uh, I'm not the, the biggest person you'll ever meet. <laughs> so, you know, having the actual focus on being quite explosive because, you know, I could be starting next to, uh, I don't know, Caleb who could go, 5.0 off the start and you know before you know it you're 0.5 down and 100 meters so yeah i think elements like that are are, are getting more important more and more important um and quite crucial like that the turn is something that i've been looking at you know how many kicks i need to do and how many kicks i need to execute to get going mm. um i used to go head down and straight arm it last 10 meters but 
I've, I don't know how much quicker the straight arm is, so um, might just go head down and normal stroke now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seemed to work for Michael Klim, didn't it? Because we were just talking about the 4 by one yeah, uh, he, earlier. But he's not putting the flies as well. He put in a bit of a fly leg kick as well. Yeah, 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 mate. Yeah, he, he certainly um, had it all going on. But I guess, it, you know, to your point, it's sort of horses for courses. What works best for you? And if you, you're finding that something else is working a little bit better than um why not go for it um you mentioned um caleb there is it intimidating given the fact of how high he can have you seen his vertical leap yeah no he's, he's got a pretty good vertical yeah good lord <laughs> almighty uh yeah that got <laughs> i get impressed every time i see it i think Sh- i wish i could get half of that uh i can't even get off the ground uh mate <laughs> 2018 commonwealth games on the gold coast um one of those occasions where you get to compete, you know, for, for Scotland. Firstly, you know, how much did you enjoy coming out here to Australia, competing on the Gold Coast at the Com Games? Because I, I get the feeling talking to a lot of, um, you know, you Scottish guys and Team GB, um, you know, the English, you know, you guys really enjoy coming out um, to Australia, but also you enjoy competing at the Commie Games, as a lot of you guys call it. <laughs> Yeah, the calm games were uh, really good fun. Um, yeah, and no, I think I think we all loved it. To be honest, I know I, I know that I did. And I, you know, from the holding camp with with Team Scotland, the the, the Scottish team's funny because of how small Scotland is. We we had like a team of I don't actually know, probably about twenty five, but you probably grew up and swam against twenty two, twenty three of them. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really good fun and. You know, everyone's just got that. It's just got that really good team cohesion from the start and the get go. So, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Loved it. The the village was great, and you know, competing you know outdoors for an international was a new experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Scotland, obviously that doesn't happen often. I think the, there's only one or two meets a year that I go to which are outside. So, I think that was something that you know took quite a lot of to getting used to. Um, especially for that tuned iron backstroke leg, which was uh, my shoulders were ruined by the end of it, smacking at the line ropes. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was good fun. Mate, an outdoor meet in Scotland, it'd have to be like in the middle of summer or something, wouldn't it? When when do, when do you swim outside there? <laughs> no, no, I'm saying it doesn't happen. No, I, I think there's Does... maybe one or there's probably only a couple of pools outside in Scotland and they're open three days a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hottest days. Well, what, what temp would it get to in Scotland? What's the warmest it gets to? Warmest? Uh, with global warming? Every, everything's getting higher these days. Um, yeah. Uh, it pro- during summer, it was like when we, when we were locked in our houses, it was probably like mid, mid-high 20s. That's all right. That's perfect for me. I don't like it too hot anyway. That's yeah, perfect. Right. Well, that's, that's too hot for us, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Now, results-wise, mate, over here, you killed it. Um, six medals in total, including the big one, gold in the 100 free. And I say the big one because Com Games sometimes is known as a competition where maybe, you know, the competition isn't quite as high as you might find at a World Champs or an Olympics. But when you have the Olympic champion in the um, in Kyle Chalmers in next year, you've got Cam McAvoy there as well. And let's not forget that Chad Leclerc, the great Chad Leclerc, was in there as well. It's a bit of a star-studded field. So it's not as if you've you've beaten a bunch of nuffies, mate. This gold medal must have, you know, been a pretty proud moment for you because, you know, you're in there mixing it against the best. Yeah, it was definitely um, 
it was a definitely pretty stacked hundred meter free final. That's for sure. Um, you know, as you say, I think I think some some Commonwealth Games events, you know, are naturally not as not as stacked as others, um, just because of obviously the nations that are that are in it. Um, but yeah, that that hundred free was was very much very much stacked and I think you know just looking at it you know anyone you know if it happened again anyone could have won it um so yeah no it was it was great to be a part of that and how tight it was at the end um I think <laughs> I think on top of that it was it was how quiet it went when I won it was probably one of the weirdest things um but yeah no I naturally understand that and I think Kyle previously had quite a tough year after the Olympics um, with quite, with with surgery and stuff like that, um, you know, obviously on without ISL and he swam class in, in the end of last year um, in Vegas and stuff. So it's good to see him back at his best. So yeah, no, it was it was obviously that was up until then was the the pinnacle of well the the, the biggest moment in my career winning it. Win, that was my first ever individual gold medal. So um, yeah, that was a big moment for me. Massive week though, program wise, wasn't it? Did you feel it by the end of the week? Were you hanging for a drink just to just let loose? And you must have, because you, how many races did you actually do? I said six medals there, but there would have been, you know, heats and finals. And yeah, I don't know. It's, thankfully, there's no semis at uh, Commonwealth Games, but um, yeah, I think you can tell by my last relay split that I was kind of tired. Um, <laughs> So yeah, my last relay split wasn't great, um, but yeah, I had a really tough weekend from the two fly to two IMs, hundred free, two hundred free, um, and so on, and plenty of relays. So yeah, no, it was good. I mean, there was there was particular highlights within that. You know, the Scottish four by one. I think that's maybe the first time they've medaled mm-hmm. internationally. So that was that was quite big. And um, I think shout out to Gibraltar because if they didn't swim, then we wouldn't have got a medal in the four by two. So. Um, <laughs> So yeah, no, it's. I think there were so many races that that went well, and and there was a couple others that I was disappointed with. You know, from the two hundred three, where you know Kyle, Kyle and Matt come out on top, and you know me and Jimmy are are left behind. So yeah, I think there was there were several races which I was disappointed with, and there was others which you know like the hundred three, which I was really happy with. Now, mate, is the athletes' village for a Com Games the same as the Olympics, or is it a little bit looser? <laughs> as he takes a swig of his water i'm assuming it's water yeah <laughs> just a nice bottle it makes me addicted to drink to it because it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it just feels like something else it's funny. Yeah. anyway yeah i i don't know it's it's different it's a lot smaller for sure yeah. so like in that sense you know you've and the most most countries there speak the same language so in that yeah. sense it's like it's quite close. Um, Did you get a chance to go out after the game? Did you get Like, I know Usain Bolt was getting around uh, the party scene, enjoying himself. Did you get a chance to get out and enjoy yourself on the Gold Coast? Yeah, the, the Gold Coast is, it seems a bit like, um, I feel like that's where everyone goes for their lads' holiday sort of vibe. That's, that's, the, that's the vibe I was getting. Which isn't, much. for a second week of the Commonwealth Games, there's no bad vibe, but... <laughs> um, British team weren't exactly pleased. We had the Europeans the the later that season, yeah. Which um, which for which I think for a lot of British swimmers was the target meet of the year. So no, it's, it was actually quite interesting to have two relatively big competitions in the same year, which was unheard of, really. Mm. How'd you go with that? How'd you go with you know backing it up? 
yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought it was fine and it went really well for me. It was just, uh, for, it was strange because obviously there's not many times in, in the same year I'm going to one, represent Scotland and then two, be in Glasgow for a home Europeans. So yeah, no, it was, it, yeah, it was really odd. So I absolutely loved it and it was, it was really good fun. It was just, um, yeah, I, th- I think both, both times it was just swimming and not quite fulfilling where I wanted to be at and, mm-hmm. and, swimming slightly below par in, in both Turner freestyles, Europeans and Commonwealth Games. When you say you sort of weren't exactly where you needed to be or where you wanted to be, what do you mean by that? So is it, you know, race plan wise that you might not have hit your, you know, your right rates at the right time? You might have gone out too hard or not gone out hard enough. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I think Commonwealth Games was, was not going out hard enough, but then the entire the entire time at Commonwealth Games, I had no speed whatsoever. Um, my back ends were all phenomenal and some of the fastest still that I've ever done uh, my my last 50s. Um, but then in, in Europeans, it was just more the, the technical aspect for whatever reason that after Commonwealth Games, my the, the sort of head position on my freestyle was a bit funky and I really had to work for work for everything, you know, scraping in last to the tuna freestyle and, you know, the hunter freestyle scraping in maybe lane two or whatever. So, yeah, I really, I had to work for, for a lot of it. It wasn't like it was flowing or anything like that. So, um, yeah, that was, to be fair, that was a massive learning curve in terms of I can still get up and around the podium even when, you know, I'm not feeling great and my, my stroke's not feeling great at all. Mm. How much of a confidence builder was that, given what you just said, you know, that you were probably weren't feeling at your best, stroke wasn't feeling quite as, in, you know, as flowing as you would have liked it, but you could still get up and you could still perform? Yeah, definitely. It was uh, to finish and, you know, to be European champion, knowing that, you know, I, I personally felt like I had quite a bit left and there was quite a few things wrong. You know, I could watch the race back in 25 metres in and I already know that I've done plenty wrong. So, mm. um, yeah, there's, I think for me, that's only positives. And, you know, looking forward to, to 2019, I think, you know, it was definitely a, a big step forward. Well, 2019, you've led me straight to it. Last year's world champs in Guangzhou. What a crazy week it was for you. Bronze in the 200 freestyle with the uh, Rapsies being DQ'd. We had the craziness with the medal ceremony following it. Um, and then obviously winning gold with the boys in the 4 by 100 meter I am relay. It's fair to say, mate, it was all happening that week. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I'll experience a week like that again. That was, <laughs> that was, that was unique. Um, something that I've not experienced before and there was decisions that I had to make and from you know going in, I was still straight after. So I had the tuna freestyle, obviously finishing finishing joint fourth, and then getting my first individual world champion medal, um, getting a bronze there, and then obviously that the podium, which was just you know I was unaware. I think of the stance that I was sorry actually making. Mm. Um, I thought it was a lot smaller than what actually ended up happening, and you know I think what coming away from it, it was. I'm still like, oh, I, I didn't realise that reaction would happen. Um, and it's great to see so many people get behind it. And, you know, for me, it was just backing up what Mac did earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then that night, after everything that had happened, um, that night I had to decide whether to swim 100 free or 200 IM um, because they were right next to each other. For whoever made the event schedule for Worlds, 
I'm fine. I'm going to find you. Because um, <laughs> the Tunraim and the 100 free were like, I think, don't think even think there was a women's event in between. Um, so yeah, I, I made the decision to do the Tunraim because looking ahead to, to Tokyo, I had no international experience other than Com- Commonwealth Games at doing the Tunraim. Um, and I thought, you know, if, if I want to try and move that event on, I need to try and get some experience at international level. So I chose that one. And then later in the week, you know, I swim an R800 free. So, mm. yeah, maybe maybe you should have picked the other. But I think, you know, the experience that I've gained off the turnaround, going through the rounds and being, being in a world championship final and seeing where I'm at midweek and, and what I'm able to do, I think that that experience will, will help me going forward. Mate, we talk about moments. Uh, obviously, you, you got one yourself on the Com Games, um, winning gold, hearing the the national anthem, winning gold with the boys, though being up there on the podium with the boys last year. That must have been a pretty, you know, good moment for you. Yeah, definitely. And I think the it was yeah. I th- me my, myself, Pete, and Jimmy have been on that team for for several years now. From 2016 Europeans all the way through so I'm you know on, on several occasions many occasions we've fallen short and we've come second to the Americans or or otherwise so um yeah I think it was quite a special moment to just to just simply beat the Americans you know and that one-on-one at the end and, and just coming out on top for once which was which was quite a nice feeling. What sort of a national anthem singer are you, mate? Because I've got a there's there's two different national anthems. There's the ones who belt it out, no matter who's around. It could be no one. There could be lots of people that just belt it. There's the people that mime it, that make it look like they're singing it, but they're not really, you know, doing much. What, what, what sort of a national anthem singer are you? No, my my mouth doesn't move on the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just I'll just stand there. To be fair. I think some of them tried to belt it, but they didn't know the words, so it ended up just turning <laughs> into mime. Yeah, um, in which case, yes, it's better to mime it if you're not going to be sure of the words, <laughs> that's for sure. There's a lot of people here in Australia, mate, that um, we, obviously we know the, the Australian national anthem, but there is actually a second verse to our national anthem. And I can guarantee you, if, if they played that version on the podium, none of the Aussies would know what was going on after it either, so don't worry. Because no one knows the second verse. No one cares. They should just. Get I don't it. know how many verses are in ours. To be fair, <laughs> I could sing you a flower of Scotland, though. <laughs> Mate, talk to me about your coach, Steve Tig. One of the best, obviously. You know, you, you've you've been with him for for quite some time now, and he's helped mentor your career very well. Um, what makes that partnership work so well? Do you think? Yeah. No. I. I obviously someone that I look up to quite a lot and um, plenty of time for. I think, you know, I think there's probably quite a few things. Um, probably firstly is, you know, when I, when I was at boarding school, you know, I trained, I, I trained at school in a four lane 25 yard pool. Um, and, you know, he'd have some input, but he wasn't the main coach there. Um, so in theory, I've, I've only really been training full time with him since 20. 15 but before that you know he was my coach for you know on summer holidays and and other areas at competitions for example as well so we've we've, we've known each other for ages but the, I think I think I've probably known him since I was about eight years old um but yeah no I think we we both get on really well with each other but at the same time we both have similar views on 
um, the training model that we do, um, the training methods that we that we try and use. Um, and I think that something that I find really important is, you know, it's not like because I've known him for so long that he's not going to hold me accountable for certain things. Um, he's, it's like I was, it's my first day there. You know, if I if I do something wrong or you know if if something doesn't look the 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 right way or if I if I'm I don't know just just being a bit lazy. You know, he's not afraid to to tell me, um, which I think which I think is great. Um, you know, if if there's a session that needs doing and there's particular um, things that need to be done a certain way, you know, he he's there to to put me in line. How important is it, obviously, you guys working together in a partnership? And one thing that's interesting to me, I'm more of an age group coach at the moment, so I'm really interested in, you know, sort of as you guys evolve and develop into, you know, adults. How much input do you have on your program or the race model or all that sort of stuff? How much of a partnership is it? Because I see that from the outside looking in as what starts to happen as you guys evolve and get older, that that coach role more becomes sort of a mentor role in terms of helping guide you. Do you get much input? Yeah, and I think I think you've hit the nail on the head there in terms of as I've got older, it's it's definitely I've become a lot more aware. Um, and it's been a lot more coming from me in terms of um, more more ideas from me, and then getting a final input from him and yeah. a re- reassurance from him on what I'm thinking and and ways that things should be done. Um, you know, it's he's still very much like I go to him to get the the final input and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, there's a lot more discussions about certain things and the way I think. Oh, what about this or how many kicks and um, like oh, if I attack if I attack this stroke or or go harder on I don't know the third fifty fifty for example. Um, so yeah, no, there's definitely a lot more conversations around that, and I think you're right in terms of when an athlete gets a lot older like I can't imagine the coaches telling Nathan Adrian how to swim 100 freestyle now Um, but yeah definitely mate what are you tapping on there all I keep hearing is tapping 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 what are you tapping (laughs) so just a just a I was going to let you go, but you just kept doing it. I thought, nah, stuff him. We're going to say, we're going to ask him what he's tapping on. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, let's get away from swimming now. What do you get up to when you're not going up and down the black line? I procrastinate uni work. That's what I do. That's that's one of my key hobbies. Um, So I'm into my last year of uni now. Um, So I do business studies as a, well, business and sport are combined degree, so mm-hmm. hopefully get that out of the way. Um, other than that, play a bit of golf here and there. Um, and other than that, chill out, I guess. Not yeah. really too much. Um, in terms of uni, in terms of um, that degree you're going for, have you sort of got an eye on the future in terms of what you want to get involved in? Are you what Do you want to get involved in that while you're still swimming and sort of dabble in it? Not so much take a full-time because obviously um, being a full-time athlete is very time consuming, but do you want to sort of, you know, stick your toe in and, and see how you go? Uh, it's not something I've thought about. It's more the reasons why I do the degree is if, you know, if something has to suddenly stop, you know, if I get a career ending injury mm. or, you know, if something happens, you know, it, it has to be done. You know, this is, this is something that a viable option for me to fall back on. Um, 
I think the second I finish uni, I'll be taking quite a while out from from thinking about anything outside of swimming and thinking about what I'll be doing next. But you know, I've I've always got that as an option and something that you know I'm interested in and and wanting to do after swimming. So yeah, I I don't see why I can't look at it potentially in a couple of years and think about it like that. But um, yeah, probably not anytime soon. <laughs> It's always interesting to me with, with you guys, and especially as I mentioned before, you know, you're a very good age group swimmer with school or studies or university or whatever it might be. There's a lot of, um, you know, age group athletes coming through at the moment that are struggling to find that balance between, you know, trying to keep up on their session, session, sorry, seven, eight sessions a week, plus stay on top of school, do very well in that. Did you struggle with that yourself? Um, I'd say yes and no. Like, so I obviously I went to a boarding school so in that aspect it was just like swimming school swimming school so it was like I lived on campus so it was school was school was right there um you know I think it was quite easy to see what I prioritized when I was growing up and that was that was definitely sport you know no matter what it was doing I was I'd, I'd, I'd quite happily go out for a game of rugby rather than try and do this bit of homework or whatever that's due in for tomorrow um but I think as I've got older and, you know, it's subjects that I'm actually really interested in rather than just doing subjects because I've been told to do them, um, I've, I've put more time and effort into it. And, you know, it's obviously I see the benefits and, you know, it's something that I enjoy doing now. Um, so I feel like the balance isn't as hard. Well, you mentioned golf before. How do you hit them? How do you go? <sighs> Uh, slice usually. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who do you play with? Yeah, a group of mates. Do you have anyone from from the the Scottish team that you play with? Who do you play with? Yeah, so there's, there's a couple. And that, don't say like, you play, play by yourself because that can be taken very wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's, there's quite a few of us that play, and in Scotland, obviously, there's there's so many golf courses to choose from. Mm, um, some great ones, eh? Yeah, for sure. My my actual new flatmate he plays quite a bit as well with me so Cameron Curl swims for England mm-hmm. um, he's recently just moved up to Sterling so he's my new flatmate um, Craig Benson uh, breaststroker at Sterling he, he yeah. plays quite he's actually quite good he's practiced quite a lot and he's pretty good now um, and then I, I, Craig, Craig McLean he went to 2018 Commonwealth Games okay. he's now retired yeah, um, he plays now as well, and there's a couple others that play. Um, but yeah, no. It's, to be fair, just as lockdown was coming out, it was nice to because golf was one of the first sports that opened up. So it was it was actually just nice to to get out of the house and and, mm. and hit a ball around with some mates. How competitive does it get? <laughs> quite com- <laughs> quite competitive, <laughs> yeah. But it's tough to be that competitive when you're so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I, I can definitely understand where you're coming from there. I've got some mates who are very good. And I might be able to go all right for like a couple of holes, but that's about it. I just lose the plot. Um, start looking for heading back to the um, – heading back home. Now, mate, I like to finish my chats, as you know, because you listen to the Dan Wallace one with some less serious questions, mate, just some rapid-fire stuff because I think – Although we've gone through your career and we've got a good understanding of, of you know, what, what you're about, I think these sort of give the, the audience a bit more of an understanding of what you're like away from the pool. So uh, I'll throw it out there and you throw it straight back in terms of whatever first comes to your head. So what's your favourite music to listen to? I actually don't know, like, the, the genre. I actually quite like, like, old R&B. 
Yeah, yeah. Do you guys have R&B Fridays over there, over here on a Friday on a Friday afternoon, usually after lunchtime, where most of the stations call it R&B Fridays, and it's exactly what you just said, like old school R&B. No, I don't. I don't think they do. To be fair, they yeah. usually just all play the exact same song here. Like you'll flick through, and it's yeah. all the same thing, and it's all just the top ten or whatever. Exactly, <laughs> and you, you might like it for the first three times you hear it, but then once you've heard it a million times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about favourite movies to listen to uh, to watch sorry me uh, favourite movies oh that's good um, I quite like oh, what is that called Lo- Lone Survivor is quite good okay um, Patriot's Day yep that's quite good Cry- I cried at that actually that's a good film just uh, Mark Wahlberg yeah yeah that's about the Boston Marathon mm-hmm. yep yep um what other ones? I don't know. I, I, don't, <laughs> Jason, I like a lot of films, to be fair. There's not many I don't. I, I watch yeah. quite a bit. Lord no, of the Rings is a good trilogy. Yeah, yeah, very good. The Hobbit. Uh, what about favourite meals, mate? What do you like to eat? Oh, big pizza guy. Big okay. pizza guy. But then again, uh, partial to a steak as well. Um, pepperoni pizza stuffed crust ideal and then steak medium rare hand cut chips thanks for coming look at you go you've got it you've got it all sorted already now that's, how often that's would... just written up that's <laughs> just written up there <laughs> how often would you be having a pizza mate because obviously you're looking at me and I'm having one at least once a week how often would you be having them <laughs> um, I mean ideally once a week no um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. It just depends, you know. If I guess if it's a particularly hard week, you know, you're burning that many calories, it's just it's not going to make that much of a difference, um, especially if it's not a a weekly occurrence. Um, I'd say, you know, at least monthly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely once I've had one. I know that I've had one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, mate, favorite countries you visited? What are some of your favorites? Oh. That's a good question. I mean, I do, I do actually, you know, I'm not, not say, I, I do really like Oz. I've been to Perth quite a few times. Mm-hmm. I quite like Perth and, and Brisbane. Um, I found Tokyo and like Japan, I found Japan pretty cool. Yeah. Um, just like so different than anything else that I've been to. Um, I'll go for a wacky one now. I'll go, yeah, I'll go Azerbaijan and Baku. Where, where whereabouts is that? <laughs> it's european isn't it yeah it's... you know the only reason i know that is because I, I think it was on eurovision um that movie i'm pretty sure i heard it <laughs> on there so. in eurovision i think hey yeah I'm i don't know sure how that really... works i have no that's, idea how yeah. that works but anyway yeah that's that's confusing <laughs> um yeah it's in it's in europe it's just like east east europe far east um okay. that was weird i'll take you scotland no that's probably the best country uh favorite tv shows to binge watch mate what do you like to get especially when you're in lockdown you couldn't get out what did you like to get amongst uh the office but the uk office yeah i'm with you how much better is it the uk office than the u.s office yeah the uk office is way better than oh for sure yes the uk office is at least 10 times better like the US office doesn't even touch it I mean it was made yeah it's just way better I agree with you Um, other TV shows that I like 
I've, Game of Thrones, big fan of, but then they ruined the last season, which is mm. which is terrible. Well, we could have another um, podcast on that, mate. Don't you worry. Yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd tell anyone to watch it, but just watch the first, is it seven seasons? Don't watch the last one. Make your own <laughs> <end of it. laughs> Um True Detective season one, that's really good. It was a good show too. Mate, what about favourite quotes? Have you got any? Obviously, you, your coach would have a few. You've been on a few teams. You would have had a few yourself that have resonated with you. Any quotes that sort of stick with you? Um, I remember when I was like 13, 14, Steve, our, my, like my coach now on our, the old club that I was at, on the back of our cats, he put non, I don't actually know how you say this, non metno, which in Latin mean, means no fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I quite liked and then I quite liked the Conor McGregor uh, we're not here to take part we're here to take over right, that is <laughs> um, a good one but yeah I, I, other than that, there's quite a few quotes just Terry loves a quote is Jimmy Guy yeah <laughs> he loves a quote that boy yeah um, but yeah no there's there's loads and obviously plenty get tossed around when we're together with London Roar yeah i find quotes are funny aren't they like quotes are only really good if you really take them to heart i think all quotes sound great but unless you genuinely you know believe in it and take it to heart as you said the conor mcgregor one i'm assuming he doesn't that's not just something he says for for shits and gigs he genuinely thinks when he walks into a joint that is his joint now that he's walked into it yeah yeah no i think is you've got to have some sort of feeling with it it's got to be a bit of personal feeling yeah, and then I think if you truly believe in that quote, then, then fair play to you. Absolutely. All right, mate, I think that is a f- perfect opportunity to wrap it up. Um, I want to thank you very much for coming on for a chat. I know, as I said, you're back into training. You trained this morning. Uh, you're a busy man. So thank you very much for taking the time to, to come on and have a chat with me. Um, thank you very much again, you know, for giving me the opportunity to go through your career. Let's talking about the ISL and all that sort of stuff. And good luck with that, by the way, with the ISL coming up and good luck with your lead into Tokyo 2021. And hopefully we stay in touch, mate, maybe get you on next year and see how you're tracking for, for Tokyo. But until then, thank you very much for coming on off the block swing podcast. Thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And, um, Yeah, I'll be more than happy to come on again. No, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you as always by our good friends at Pro Swim Workouts. So much more coming your way this week on the podcast. And did I mention we have megastars coming on? Yeah. How about two episodes with South African superstar and Olympic gold medalist, Mr. Chad LeClough, how does that sound? Yes, you heard me right. We are going to be celebrating the ISL starting this week in a very big way by having one of the biggest names in the pool, Mr. Chad LeClough, coming on for a two-part episode that you will not want to miss. So keep your ears and eyes out for that one tomorrow. But until then, make sure you get behind the ISL. Pick a team, guys, because it's going to be very exciting to see international racing back again. Go the mighty roar. And it's bye for now.